I was going to try to say get ready for the next battle in a in Tekken 7 voice, but I, I, I can't do that. Um, but uh, I can say, <laughs> welcome to Charge Motion. Uh, my name is Saxmus, and my hair is blue. You can't see it in the sliding, you're just going to take my word for it. Uh, my name is Ghoul, and my hair is not blue. You can clearly see that in the sliding. <laughs> um, um, what have you been playing this week? Uh, I've been playing a couple things this week. I mean, still a lot of Guilty Gear. Mm-hmm. Um, some Street Fighter, because that's like my, my comfort fighter at the moment. Um, I played a little bit of Virtual Fighter the other day, because that's still going on. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, a little bit of news about that, uh, that I just remembered off the top of my head right now, and not when we were planning this episode. <laughs> um, they, The devs of Virtual Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown have put out a statement saying that in the beginning of July, okay. which we're recording this on July 1st, mm-hmm. um, so the update might even be out by the time you're watching this, um, they are putting out a, quote, fix for some online problems. Um, I don't know exactly what that means. I mean, I know some people were, like, getting disconnects and, like, trouble getting matchmakes mm. and stuff, so it looks like there's a fix coming out for the that. The connections were getting absorbed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were. So maybe maybe they'll stop absorbing the matchmaking. Um, that would be excellent. Um but yeah, they just they use the words fixes for some problems. So yeah, I, it's pretty vague. Uh, but the other thing that we're getting is a proper invite your friends to lobbies feature, which was not present in the base game. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Good that's, that we're getting it. Yeah. So that's something that you know people have been talking. It's something that has bothered me specifically about the game because you know fighting games are fun to play with your friends. And how are you supposed to play with your friends when you can't invite them to the lobby? So how how would people do that if... Like, how do you fight someone, <laughs> like your friend, cross-country if, so, if there's no invite system? So the game launched with no, with no invite system and no lobby search system. Sure, okay. So you had to... Your friend had to name the lobby something... Mm-hmm. and tell you what the name of the lobby was. And then and you had to search for that specific lobby. You had to search for that specific lobby, but you had to do it manually because there was no lobby search. So you had to f- manually scroll through the list of available lobbies to find it. Um, a couple weeks ago, they added a lobby search function so you could type in the name that your friend told you the lobby was called and do it that way. Um, but now, hopefully by the time you guys are seeing this, but at the time we're recording, it hasn't gone live yet, um, they are adding a proper invite your friends button. Um, so that's, that's a bit of news regarding that. Hopefully that, that also doesn't get absorbed. Yes, that would be excellent. Yes. Um, but I've, I've been playing some Smash, because Monday, uh, Sakurai, you know, did one of his usual presentations for new characters, and going a bit off topic here... Um, that's the thing I'm probably going to miss the most once the last DLC character comes out. I love those presentations from Smash. Oh, they're, they're so, so good. They're so good. I don't even play Smash, and I love those. Like, even if it's a character that I don't particularly care about that much, like Byleth or Hero or Min Min, I always make it a point to tune in anyway, for a few reasons. Uh, one, um, just to, you know, to learn about the character before they're released, and that kind of presentations, I think, is something I think fighting game devs should definitely do more often. Because mm-hmm. it's, re- I just find it interesting to break down. All right, here's all their moves. Here's what they can be used for. Here are some things you can do with the character. Um, you also get to hear about you know the design process. Like here's why we design everything this way. And for Smash in particular, because it's got the crossover aspect. You know, the translation differences. You know, between the base game and Smash, and what has to be compensated for. I think that's really cool. Also, I, also Sakurai's just a really charming guy. He really is. Yeah. He's a um, funny dude. He's always entertaining when he's mm-hmm. on screen. Yes. Um, but Kazuya's out, um, and And that that he is. (laughs) Many many a Smasher, myself included, have, uh, discovered the terror that is, uh, CPU level 9 Kazuya. Oh, man, I've seen, I haven't, see, I haven't fought against a CPU Kazuya. Um, I've only very briefly, like, just messed around fighting CPUs as him. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't fought against it, but I've seen clips of people just getting absolutely wrecked. This character is, and I do not say this lightly, not okay. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad thing, but okay. Like, but, but what gets me about this is like Sakurai didn't have to do this, you know? No, he did not. Like, I, I just, I, I feel like 
Kazuya is is the biggest counter argument to the very stupid, in my opinion, belief that Smash isn't a fighting game or isn't supposed to be competitive. First of all, it's false dichotomy. Just oh yeah, absolutely. Just because you know it's played by a lot of casual people does not mean that it also has a competitive aspect to it. League of Legends is a great example of that, and also. Um, any game that is played at a party is, by definition, a party game. True. Um, but also, and I, I really hope I don't unplug cables here when I do this, uh, fighting games don't have all of this. Oh, you can't <laughs> even see it. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. there we go. Yeah. This is move list. Someone on Twitter, um, uh, Heritor of Rain on Twitter, posted this. Um, like, Sakurai didn't need to do this. He didn't need to give... Him standing moves and crouching moves and a while standing move. He does have a while stand. He does have his while standing moves. He, I think he only has one. Only Demon God. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Single, the but... while standing two for you Tekken fans. He has access to while standing two. But like, <laughs> and like he like he has as opposed to the three tilts that most characters has have. He has eight while standing and two while crouching and one while uh, and one one while standing, not while. Standing, and he has left splits kick, and he has a dash. Uh, you know, that, that in addition to his dash attack, and, and he has a up. literal command grab. <laughs> uh, technically, he is two. Uh, Gates of Hell and uh, Heaven's Door. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just only just now recognize that naming convention. <laughs> um, uh, and like he has a second air jump. Uh, he has an upbeat that does not put him into free fall. Uh, he has a move that can reflect projectiles, a move that can break shield, a move that just straight up ignores shield. Like, the last hit of his 10-hit combo goes through shield. Oh, yeah, that's right, it does. And uh, he's a comeback mechanic, and I, I just... Like, this character's not okay. In a good way. <laughs> uh, like, Sakurai didn't need to do this, man. I'm happy he did. So my question is... So I am was a Tekken player. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really play Tekken anymore, but that's something that doesn't need to be discussed in this episode. But in the chat. I'm familiar with Tekken. Let me put it that yes. way. I'm very, very intimately familiar with Tekken, and I played Kazuya. Um, so I'm very familiar with his traditional moveset. Um, what I want to know is, how are Smash players going to keep track of these moves. And I don't mean keep track of them like while playing, because obviously people will learn how to play the character. Mm-hmm. I mean, are we just going to learn the names of all of these moves to talk about them? Or are we? do we have to invent notation for Kazuya in Smash? That That is a valid question, and one that commentators, which I like to do sometimes, are going to have to solve. Like, I, I'm not as familiar with Tekken as you are, but don't, like, don't Tekken commentators... Or they they just for everything that has numbers, don't they? So the Tekken is a four button game. Um, right. There's one button for each limb, um, and each button is assigned a number. Mm-hmm. Um, so your left punch is one, your right punch is two, your left kick is three, your right kick is four, mm-hmm. um, and then we just say the directions, right? So if yeah. we're if you're doing a down forward input plus right punch, we just say down forward two. Um, and if you would write it, you would write out DF2 mm-hmm. um, as as the shorthand way. Um, but that's kind of... I mean, I guess playing Smash, you could say, you know, forward tilt, down forward tilt, up forward tilt, uh, down back tilt, uh, up back tilt. Yeah. Uh, that would probably be... That's the best way I can think of to, you know, talk about these moves, like from a commentary or conversational perspective. Yeah. Um, forward, forward, tilt. You know, it's just like I mean, I mean, for the unique ones like that, you shouldn't be too hard to remember the name. Like left splits kick, like, that's where you know what that one is. Yeah. Um, the ten hit combo is just ten hit combo. Ten hit yeah. combo. And I mean, you just mash a ten times to get that. Yeah. Um, and then you know he has his special moves like his his electric wind god fist, mm-hmm. and um, I, just, the, I, I I've seen so many CPUs do do electric into short hop. And then just do shenanigans out of that. I just, <laughs> this character's not okay. So his electric... Is, I've been seeing a lot of quote retweets mm. of um, Smashers talking about how good electric is. Mm-hmm. And I've been seeing a lot of quote retweets from Tekken players being like, good, it's your problem now. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the funniest thing, right? Because Electric Wind Godfist is... I, I venture to say that it is Tekken's defining move. Mm-hmm. Um, it is... All of the Mishima characters have it, and the Mishimas are the 
what's I know Deuteragonist is the second most important character, but there's three of them. I don't know what the word for that would be, but they are the primary characters. Right. The Jin, Kazuya, and Heihachi. And all of them have this move, or Jin has his own version of this move. Mm-hmm. Um, that functions a little bit differently, but that's not important. Um, and it's good. It is a good move. It is... In Tekken, it is a 14-frame launcher where the standard is 15. Oh, wow. Having a 14-frame launcher is a privilege in Tekken um, that a few characters have, but most notably the Mishimas. Um, And actually, if we want to get technical, Kazuya is the only character who's capable of inputting it in 13 frames. Um, So if your execution is absolutely perfect as Kazuya Mishima in Tekken, uh, in Tekken 7 specifically, Mm -hmm. I know he's had it in older games, but in Tekken 7... Um, you have a 13-frame launcher, which no other character in the game has. Yeah, and in and te- and te- and, you know, thing about Tekken's frame data, that's very fast. It is fast. Um, it sounds slow to Smash players, um, but your jab in Tekken is 10 frames. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a launcher that leads to a half-life combo that is only three frames slower than your jab is insane. Yeah. Um, and I- I'm very glad that Sakurai... Uh, kept the input uh, he, he simplified it um but you don't have to return your stick to neutral which True. on a gamecube controller stick that's fair fair yeah um and i think and he said it's not exactly frame perfect but i, yep. I don't know off the top of my head what exactly the window is if i had to guess it's got, it's got to be single digit frames yeah um in tekken set see it's even funny because in tekken 7 compared to older games the electric window was increased Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's actually easier to do in Tekken 7 than it was in prior Tekkens. Mm-hmm. Um, and now in Smash, it's even easier to do. Yeah. Uh, well, easier. I don't want to make it... I don't want to trivialize it, because it's still a difficult input. Mm-hmm. Um, but the window to get the just frame on the button input is wider. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know the context, the Wind God Fist... Mm-hmm. is an uppercut attack that Mishimas have that you get by inputting a Shoryuken motion plus your right punch button in Tekken. Um, in Smash, it's just forward, down, down, forward, A, as if you were doing a Shoryuken with Ryu. Um, the catch is that if you input that last down forward and your attack button on the same frame, ideally, um, but we, as we were discussing, the window is a little bit lenient, mm-hmm. but... As, practically on the same frame, you get the Electric Wind God Fist, which uh, puts lightning all over his fist, and it... um, I don't know exactly what it does in Smash besides giving the the stun effect. Like, it makes... It creates the lightning stun effect, kind Mm -hmm. of like um, ZSS's Paralyzer. Yeah. Um, But in Tekken, the Electric version is... It does more damage. Mm -hmm. It comes out faster... Uh, because you're technically inputting it faster. Yeah, that's true. Um, and it becomes plus on block. <laughs> um, yeah, Electric Wind God Fist is plus five on block Ooh. in Tekken 7. And it also creates a ton of pushback. Um, it's, th- th- this character... I-, I don't like the GameCube controller very much. Um, but this character makes me grateful that the great GameCube controller has an Octogate. Yeah, yep. Um... Even though I don't actually use game control to play Smash, um, but yes, uh, of course. Also, like we got, we got like forty three Tekken songs. Oh my God, so much Tekken music. Um, I'm not, I'm not as familiar with Tekken music, <coughs> music as you are, but I, I was just happy to see that uh, Yodeling and Meadow Hill made it in. Oh my God, it did. It did. I yeah. actually didn't look at the list of songs. Um, yeah. I know that Infinite Azure made it in, which is iconic now. It, 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 it's a new remix. Um, I apparently have the unpopular opinion in that I think it's kind of good. Most people don't like it. Apparently. I I haven't heard the remix. Mm-hmm. Um, or actually, it could it might be the um, the Infinite Azure Two remix because Tekken Seven released Infinite Azure Two, which right. is just Infinite Azure at night mm-hmm. with a remixed yeah. soundtrack. Um, but in game, it's marked as a new remix that like made specifically for oh um, specifically yeah. for Smash. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, because the remixes are labeled within the music menu. That makes sense. Um, um, I know that Heat Haze Shadow made it in, which is absolutely my favorite song from Tekken Seven, and it's a damn shame that that song only lives in story mode. 
Oh, really? Um, if you don't play the story mode to Tekken 7, you will not hear Heat Haze Shadow because it is not attached to any of the stages. Um, I, I like it so much, I made it my main menu song in the jukebox. Nice. Um, and, by the way, bring jukebox to PC Tekken. Stop making it PS4 exclusive. Why is it PS4 exclusive? I don't know. But the jukebox feature is PlayStation 4 exclusive. And they announced that it would be before Tekken 7 launched. But, like, the music's already in the game. The jukebox is just a menu that lets you access the music. So the the jukebox also lets you put in all of the music from all of the old Tekken games. Oh. So my guess is that because a lot of the Tekken games were, to my understanding, historically PlayStation exclusive... Oh. My guess is that Sony owns a lot of that music. Yeah, that makes sense. Or at least has some sort of rights to it. Mm -hmm. So that they... And then that's how they were able to get that jukebox feature to be PlayStation exclusive. That makes sense. Um, it's unfortunate, but from a business standpoint, it does make sense. Mm -hmm. Sucks. Um, it does suck. Uh, and, and you know... Abolish everything having to do with copyright. <laughs> the community have created mods and stuff to add it to the PC version. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's just not the same as being able to just do it in the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, but yes, also with every new character, uh, there's also a new set of me costumes. I know I, last week I predicted we were going to get uh, Nina Williams, King, Lloyd Irving, Nightmare, and Klonoa. I am one for five. I was extremely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got Lloyd. Uh, but the other three are ones I absolutely did not expect. <laughs> The, the the Dragonborn from Skyrim. Oh my god, yeah. The Dragonborn. Dante. Dante. I'm sorry. Uh, from Devil May Cry featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series. Right. Um, and Shantae, who I wanted as a character, but the fact that she's in the game at all, even though she's already a spirit, that makes me happy. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's cool that... I mean, Maybe it's because I'm not a Smash player that I'm not like totally gutted that Dante didn't get put in as a character. Yeah. Um... But I'm happy to see that, you know, the Smash devs at least care enough yeah. to create some sort of representation of this character that people want. Yeah, there is a not insignificant amount of Smash players who view um, being added as a Mii Fighter as being worse than not being mentioned at all. And I disagree. I, I disagree, too. Like, I, I know that Mii Fighters, Mii, Mii costumes don't show what's unique about the character and why people like the character. I know... Right. You know, it definitely deconfirms that they're not going to be a playable character. Um, but I just... The fact that they're in the game at all... It, it's more content. Content is fun. Content is good. Also, um, as a me player, I, I have to, you know... <laughs> propagate. Bit yeah, I have to spread the good word. The Mies are fun. If you picked them up, you would know. Brawl, Brawler is a sleeper high tier, dude. And Gunner is a more accurate portrayal of Samus than Samus herself. That's unfortunate. It is extremely unfortunate, but I like playing Gunner, so I get the best of both worlds. Um, and you can be Sans. But yeah, um, me costumes don't really appeal to me or bother me anyway. Mm -hmm. Like I'm pretty neutral about them, mm -hmm. um, aside from the fact that it deconfirms Dante. But I'm just a, I'm a Devil May Cry fan, right? I'm not a Smash player, so if I want to experience Dante, I'll just go play <laughs> Devil May Cry. Like that's what I'll do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to sit around and be mad that he's not in Smash. I'll just go play the game that he's in. Yeah. And that's good for me. Or I'll play Marvel 3 or Marvel Infinite, which, by the way, are both on sale. Yes, and we'll get to that very soon. <laughs> um, but Sakurai uh, did confirm that DLC character 11 will be the last character. There's going to be no wow. more DLC after that. That's wild. Um, I am very okay with that. One, because, like I said last week, 89 goddamn characters, including Echo Fighters... I'm good. That's a lot of matchups. Um, and also, like, the man deserves a break. That, that, that is that is one thing that everybody in the Smash community can agree on. This dude deserves oh, yeah. a break. Absolutely. Sakurai definitely deserves a break. He's been working on this series fairly, on a fairly consistent basis for, what, two decades? Yeah. Longer. Because I think Smash 64 came out in 99 2000. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Melee was what? Oh, oh, one. oh, one. Yeah. yeah. It was launched out of the GameCube. Um, yeah, dude deserves a break. I, I, I'm happy to see him finish. Um, and just like I said last week, um, if you're trying to figure out or predict who the last <laughs> character is, you're wasting your time, you're you setting are. yourself up for disappointment. You absolutely You don't are. know. You don't. Just 
I don't care what your uncle who works at Nintendo <laughs> says. You don't know, no. and neither does he. Just, just have fun. It's a game. Games are meant to be fun. I mean, there's a bunch of characters that I could hope. Oh yeah, me too. That but, it would be, like, but everybody I, has I, those. I would uh, lose my mind and my pants if we got Phoenix Wright. That's the one <laughs> character I really want. Still. Oh man, Phoenix Wright. I mean, put him in back in Marvel, right? Please put him back in Marvel, <laughs> right? <laughs> Please, Capcom. Like you could just throw in a few more, like throw in a few more characters and release Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, and I'd I'd buy it. I would too. I mean, the netcode is actually good. It is. <laughs> That's the sad part about Infinite, <sighs> right? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to dive into talking about the tragedy that was Marvel Infinite. Um, we were saying earlier, like it, it should have popped off. It came out at the height of the MCU's popularity. Oh yeah, like right around the time Infinity War came out. It, I don't know. And you know what? I know that there are people out there that there is a dedicated Marvel Infinite scene. And there's a lot to love. And there's a lot to love about it. Yeah. And I salute you guys and people who play Marvel Infinite um, because you like it and you don't listen to what anyone else has to say about the game because I admire that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would play it if I had more people to play it with. Right? Maybe I'll find the community Discord or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, Marvel Infinite, there's a lot to love. There's a lot to not like. Um, and it's also on sale. It is on sale. Steam sale. So as we are recording this, it is during the Steam Summer Sale. Um, I believe it runs until July 8th. So as of this recording, you have one week. It's July 1st right now. Um, and a whole bunch of fighting games are on sale. A whole I, bunch. I had the store page open and I backed out of it. That's oh, my inventory. Oh, no. Well, off the top of my head, <laughs> Tekken 7 is like $5 right now. I think it's like 6 though, like five nine nine. Yeah, something like that. Um... So uh, it's on a big sale. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Guilty Gear Xrod Revelator. If Strive's not your thing, or Strive is your thing, and you want to play other games, Revelator is four fifty. Uh, you will have to buy the Rev Two upgrade if you want bike in an answer. Um, and plus uh, plus R, which has rollback. Yes, it's like it, three dollars something. Yeah, like that. if that. Um, I also saw in there that Power Rangers Battle for the Grid is on sale. Mm-hmm. Um, you should definitely check that out if you like versus games, and if you like Power Rangers, and if you like games with rollback netcode. Yeah. Uh, Ultimate Marvel three is seven fifty. Uh, Does not have rollback, but it is Marvel three. Yeah, and you, and you can get you know decent connections going on Parsec. Yeah, on Parsec. Uh, Grand Blue Fantasy versus is not on sale. Not on sale, and it probably never will. <sighs> be. Why? Why? <laughs> Killer Instinct is on sale for seventy five percent off. If you have ten dollars, you can buy the best fighting game. It's really good. It's Killer Instinct. I, I haven't played nearly as much as I was like. It's really good. That's a hot take that Killer Instinct <laughs> is the best fighting game, but it objectively has all of the features that a fighting game should have. It has a tutorial. It has a, like a really, really intensive tutorial. Deeply unique gameplay. Deeply unique gameplay. Um, every character feels unique and different and interesting. You can play as a skeleton. You can play yeah. as a skeleton. Um, then the Fighting Nerds, if you like both Rollback, Netcode, and Quadrupeds, is $9. Um, Dragon Ball Fighters base game is $9. Yeah, Tekken 7 is 6 Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 is 15 And I think Mortal Kombat 10 is, like, what, 5? Something like that? Something like that. Uh, Rebels of Ether is 15 Skullgirls is 5 Skullgirls is on sale. It always goes on sale. Might Play well Skullgirls. Yeah. Soul Calibur 6 is 9 That's a good deal. That is a good deal for that game. Mm-hmm. Well, Halo is free to play. Uh, Street Fighter Five is down to like eight bucks. Uh, you would have to buy the Champion Edition upgrade to get all the characters and costumes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you can play the game in its completed balance state and everything with the vanilla characters for like eight dollars. Uh, Undernight twelve fifty. Lethal League Blaze fourteen. Uh, King of Fighters fourteen. It's only half off. It's thirty dollars. Thirty dollars. How is that still full price? I have no idea. Um, Undernight is a great one. Um, the netcode is a little unfortunate in my opinion. Um, but, um, Uniclear is a really fun game that I think more people should play. Um, Killer Instinct, again, is $10. I'm gonna repeat it, because I love Killer Instinct. Uh, Samurai Showdown, not on sale. Not on sale. And also no rollback. Uh, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection. 15, which is actually a pretty good price for that deal. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not the best versions of Super Turbo or Alpha 2 or Third Strike, but... It's functional. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just gonna say the thing. Like, if you really, if you really, really like want to play Third Strike or Alpha Two or whatever, uh, go on Fightcade. Use Fightcade. <laughs> just use Fightcade. Uh, Ultra Street Fighter Four is seventy five percent off. Seven fifty. Um, 
Yeah, down to $7.50. Great game. Yeah. Um, they're still in pretty active online community. I know that in in the New England region, Casa has been running weekly tournaments for that game on really? PC. Dang. Um, and they've been getting, you know, a good amount of entrance for that. Nice. Um, um, what else is that? Marvel Infinite is on sale for 10 bucks. 10 bucks. Uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Street Fighter Cross Tekken. So I cannot tell people about Street Fighter Cross Tekken without warning them. Because I feel like it's against my morals. If you buy Street Fighter Cross Tekken, you need to have a... An, you need to already have made a Games for Windows Live account. Ooh. Because that game was never separated from the Games for Windows Live service. <laughs> the, the more I learn about Cross Tekken, um, I just, the more shocked I am that... Yeah. That it so just is. that game, so the game is great. Like when you're actually in it and playing it and mm. and like enjoying the game, it's awesome. It is an excellent fighting game with awesome characters and a wonderful presentation. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you if you want to play it and you have a PS3, I recommend getting it on there uh, because if you play on PS3, you don't have to worry about the games for Windows Live stuff. Yeah. Um, but games for Windows Live. I mean, a lot of people watching this probably don't even know what what it is. Yeah. Uh, but it was the old Windows gaming service right before they merged Xbox with Windows. Um, and it doesn't exist anymore, so you can't make an account. Um, but the game still requires you to log in to a valid Games for Windows Live account to play it. Um <laughs> There are two community patches for this game, um, and you can only pick one of them because <laughs> what they don't function together. What? <laughs> so do they do the same thing? No. Oh they, no! They do very different things. Oh my god! So the first patch is the offline patch that the offline community patch mm -hmm. that bypasses the necessity for games for Windows Live. Um, so you don't if if you don't have a Windows Live account, you can apply this mod and you'll be able to play the game offline. Hmm. Um, what it also does is it unlocks the PS3 exclusive characters. Oh right, because they were already coded into the game. Because they were already coded into the game and then sold yeah. to you. Um, but uh, yeah, <sighs> so it unlocks the PS3 exclusive characters, being Cole McGrath from Infamous. If you're not familiar, uh, I think Pac-Man. And Mega Man. Yeah. And bad Box Art Mega Man. Yeah, Mega Bad Man. Box Art Mega Man. Uh, and then there was like one other character that I don't remember. But yeah. Um, so yeah, the the offline community patch does that. The other one is the is the community netplay patch. Yeah, that's what that's what I thought it was going to be. Which adds netplay to the game, but you need to have a Games for Windows Live account for that to function, because they could not both support netplay. And bypass games for Windows Live. So, is it peer to peer, or or does it connect through a service that is no longer functional? I believe it's. I believe with the mod, it makes it peer to peer. Um, wow. I don't know exactly the exact details. Um, all I know is that because games for Windows Live is shut down, you cannot play the game without the mod online. Like you can't even get to the title screen. Or you can, but it you, stops there. You get to the press start screen, and then it asks you to sign in. Oh, God. It's it's rough. It is rough. But <sighs> if you have a Games for Windows Live account that you can remember the information to, then you can download the Netplay patch, and there's still a community of people playing the game. Mm -hmm. Right? So you can you can get... The, it's there. It's, you can, <laughs> it's right there. You can almost get to it right <sighs> but i don't have a games for windows live account so i couldn't play I. it on pc um, so i ended up getting it on ps3 and i can play it online there and it's great um but on pc so like i have to warn people of this before i tell them to buy street fighter cross tekken i have to because i feel like i'm being irresponsible <laughs> if i tell you to buy this game and don't tell you that <laughs> it's like what you have to do to play it um but yeah so that that's my rant on that. I just I feel morally obligated to alert people of that before I tell them to buy Street Fighter Cross Tekken. And it's only six dollars. It is only so. six dollars. 
Um, and I'm also delighted to, to inform you that Slap City is 69% off. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. And it is nice. And that's because, first of all, 619 is a, is a great price. Uh, and two, because that's just the kind of game Slap City is. It is a platform fighter. It is very good. I've never played it. Um, I have it. And as soon as my laptop stops working, I can do other things. Let me check. Oh, speaking of Street Fighter Cross Tekken, um, I, I don't know what's happening with Tekken Cross Street Fighter other than what's been happening, which is a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I've had my ear to, to this a little bit. Um, so Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Harada was recently interviewed, on, I believe it was on his talk show, um, Harada's Bar, um, where people just ask him stuff and he answers it. And he said that... Tekken Cross Street Fighter was about th- was about a third of the way through production uh-huh. before it was paused. Paused. Yeah. Well, originally he said that production was stopped, as in like the game isn't being worked on anymore. Um, and so everyone thought, okay, Tekken Cross Street Fighter is dead. It's not being made. Um, which you know when people asked him years ago, like a year or so after Tekken 7's release, Mm -hmm. they were like, you know, are you making Tekken Cross Street Fighter? And Harada answered, why would I want to work on a brand new game when Tekken 7 is doing so well? Mm -hmm. Like, it would make more sense to, you know, focus on the life of Tekken 7, and then maybe after that, think about something else. Um, But, in this interview, he said that Tekken Cross Street Fighter was about one-third of the way done, before production was stopped. Um, when ev- Naturally, everyone blew up about this. Like, oh my god, Tekken Cross Street Fighter is dead. Harada confirmed it. It's not happening. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Harada later came out and said that because of the way his words were translated um, through the subtitles, his statement was misconstrued. Oh. Um... He is saying that that is not what he said. He did not say that the game was completely halted, um, and that you know he it was a it was a uh, a mistranslation essentially of his words. Uh, and he, he says we are still hopeful that Tekken Cross Street Fighter will resume development when the opportunity arises. Uh, however, such a title cannot be moved just for the convenience of one company in terms of marketing and branding, and it also affects each other's development resources. For now, we are just waiting for the right opportunity. So, it's in limbo. More mm. or less. It's not dead. <laughs> it's Per se. There's still some people waiting to pull the trigger on it. It, it. It's not dead. It's just not showing any signs of life. Yeah. It's in cryogenic stasis. Um, and it could be thought out and made at any time. Um, whenever Capcom and Bandai Namco decide that they want to do that. Hmm. So yeah, that's that's the so if anyone tells you oh you know Harada said Tekken Cross Street Fighter is dead that's not what Harada said, um, that's what some people who make subtitles thought Harada said, <laughs> or some people who read subtitles thought that Harada said. But uh, back to the sales, just a few more. Uh, Samurai Showdown Five Special. If you want to play a Sam Show game with good netcode, that's like five dollars. Oh, does Five Special have rollback? It does have rollback. I did not know that. Yeah. Um. Actually, how much is Guru? Oh, Garu's on sale. I saw it when we were scrolling earlier. I don't remember how much it was. Um, it was cheap. I think it was like five dollars or under. Um, five dollars. Yeah, four ninety nine. Yeah. Garu is an excellent game. It um, is the final Fatal Fury game. Neat. I didn't know that it was technically part of the Fatal Fury series. Yeah, latest engine, legendary Fatal Fury series. Uh, it's got Rock Howard. You like Rock? I love Rock, Rock Howard. Howard. Apparently, that's he, that's his debut game. Apparently, he sucks in it. <laughs> yeah, I heard that too. But I play him anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm still waiting for him to get announced in KOF 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mark of the Wolves, I think, was actually the first game to get you know the Code Mystics treatment and get retroactively added rollback. You I might believe, be right. I believe this was the game that started it all, or was it? It might have been Plus R. It was either this game or Plus R, that Guilty Gear uh, Accent Core, that got, you know, that started the whole go back and port roll back into old games. Um, I know that Mark of the Wolves got that treatment, and King of Fighters 2002 
unlimited match. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's unlimited match or ultimate match. I just say UM. Yeah. Um, but KOF02 UM was also given the retro rollback treatment. Uh, so And that game is also on sale, so you can go and pick up that if you want to play a KOF game with good netcode. Because KOF 14 is on sale for half off, but it does not have good netcode. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if you want to play a game also with rollback netcode, where I know I already mentioned it, uh, Guilty Gear, uh, full title, it's Guilty Gear XX Accent Core Plus R, just call it Plus R, $3. $3. That's incredible for this That game, game is so good. Mm-hmm. I've, I've played it a I'm lot. I'm extremely bad at it. Oh, me too. <laughs> I played it a lot when, you know, Strive got announced and everybody was hype about Guilty Gear. Yeah. Um, I, I, I went back and played it. If I remember it. correctly, it does not have, have Ramlethal. It does not. Um, yeah. Ramlethal debuted in Exard. Right. Um, but it does have Soul Bad Guy. <laughs> 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 and that is who I play. It has two souls. It does. It ha- You have a soul, you have regular soul, and you have order soul. Yes. Where they do have different movesets. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, very different movesets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Steam sale. Uh, it's going till July 8th. If you got some money, buy a fighting game. Buy a fighting game, play a fighting game. Play, lots of, fun. like, the, lots of the, the retro games that got rollback added are all really good, mm-hmm. they're all really fun, and they're all really cheap. Yeah, and th- th- they would not have put so much effort into bringing good netcode to these very old games if the games weren't worth it. Yeah, oh yeah, the games are absolutely worth it. Yeah. So people are still grinding them. Oh, absolutely. There's still people that play Plus R. Um, yeah. Like I said, Casa that hosts, they host Street Fighter Five. Mm-hmm. They host um, Ultra Street Fighter Four. They host Guilty Gear Plus R, and they host Guilty Gear Strive every Friday, online, um, for free. Dang. So, you know, there's still communities for these old games and new games. You can find people to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, and old fighting games are fun most of the time. There are at least two people playing a fighting game. Uh, the scene is, by definition, not dead. Not dead, indeed. Um, um, speaking of the scene, <laughs> uh, we're going to segue into this fun little bit here. All right. So hold on, hold on. Before we dive into it, is this our first foray into community drama? Uh, I think so. I think we haven't done any, you know, current events discussion yet. We haven't, but because time is a flat circle and, and this subject and others of its ill keep constantly coming up, I just, <laughs> we might as well get our stances out in the open and recorded for posterity now so that the next time uh, this conversation comes up. The video is easy to make. <laughs> anyone asks for opinion, here, watch this old episode of the podcast. Yeah. Um, so, a, a certain top player of a certain game, I'm not going to say their name, because I, 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 I don't want, if, if you know, you already know, but if you don't know, just don't find these people and dogpile them, please. We don't want that. Uh, but just saying, this person is a top level Super Smash Brothers player. Yes. Um, and uh, I think that's all the information that's pertinent. And I think the context is, uh, CEO open registration, uh, because a lot of majors are going to be back in person this year. And from what I hear, um, registration was filled up within literal minutes. Which is a great thing. Which is a great thing, yeah. Um, uh, but apparently there, there were a, a, a several top players that were unable to register before it filled up, and that started this whole conversation about whether top players should get priority. And the tweet goes, told you to start letting top players do early reg, no top player privilege or whatever, and I'd rather see uh, X player and Y player go to CEO. Rather than two dudes who are going to go zero and two and ask top players for pictures only after they lose, um, and I just wow. I remember just not, not, it wasn't even not long ago; it was a few years ago. Actually, during Smash Four, I think when the conversation was basically this, but instead of registration, it was floating through pools, like letting top players just skip pools. Oh my god, I remember that. Oh my god, and I that just, was awful. Um, so I. I God, I hate this. I hate this so much, man. I don't hate it. It's, it's a first world problem. It's not the worst thing in the world. There are things in my life right now that are objectively worse than this, but I just do not like having this conversation. Um, <laughs> people who go 0-2 are, 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 are not a different species, <laughs> dude. Like, like, like they're, they're not these like these lesser beings who like don't deserve to have, come and enjoy the game with the rest of us, dude. In, in any given double elimination bracket... 
25%, a quarter of the people who enter are going to go 0-2. And, and e even the people who go 0-2 consistently, if they show up and be part of the community, they're, then they're, I mean, they're part of the community. They're it's just, like, so... There's always this... There's a lot of celebrity syndrome that goes on in the FGC slash Smash communities. Um, mm. And I say slash because... I mean, this is a different discussion, but I do think the communities have their own separate demographics with separate issues, mm -hmm. but this one meets the Venn diagram right in the Th middle. This one overlaps, absolutely. Um, top players are still players. They're still people, and people who go 0-2 at every tournament are still players, and they're still people, right? And they deserve to enjoy the community and experience the, the events just as much as people who win every tournament they go to. And like from like a business and marketing perspective, um I kind of get it. I kind of get wanting to reserve spots for top players. Yeah. If if you want to advertise the stream, make sure it has a lot of viewers. Like, oh, we have all of these top players at our tournament tune in so you can watch them play. But no. <laughs> So my, here's my here's my take on that, right? Here's my counter to that. Right. My thing is, like, most of the fighting game events in the country right now, or even in the world, really, are their own brand. Yeah. Right? So, like, Combo Breaker and... C well, this this conversation is about CEO, so I'll keep, mm -hmm. I'll keep it about CEO. CEO is a brand, mm -hmm. and they sell merch... And, you know, they they advertise, and, you know, Jabaley does his thing, where, you know, he does he does a good job. I've never been to CEO, but I've heard good things about it. And he's, he's a wacky dude in his own right. Right. Etc., etc. So my thing is, like, people are going to watch CEO because it's CEO. And they're mm. just going to expect that there's going to be high-level gameplay there. And they're right. Mm. Because no matter what, right, no matter who is in that bracket... If you create a 200-person bracket and zero top players get there, right? There's no, you know, for the sake of Smash, there's no... I mean, I know Zero doesn't play anymore, but I don't know any Smash players. There's no Tweak. There's no MK Leo, There's right. no Light. So none of those players go, right? Nobody that you've heard of before goes. 200 players, that top eight is still going to be high-level gameplay. Yeah. Because those eight players still beat... 192 other people to be there, right? Like, they still earned a top 8 spot, regardless mm. of who was there. And to me, that just creates opportunities for more top players to be born. Mm. Right? Like, you need to... Like, the FGC... Like... Let me start somewhere else. <laughs> I have been involved in esports for over a decade. Personally. Me. In, in some capacity. In some capacity. I started on the FPS scene. So I, I started right. with Halo. That was my first competitive game where I paid attention to esports, I competed, I entered tournaments, I played on a team, etc. And I've been competing in different games since Halo Reach in 2010. Um, 2010, 2011, whatever. I don't remember off the top of my head. So for a decade now, I've been involved in competitive gaming. And out of all of those communities that I've been a part of, the ones with the biggest room for growth and biggest opportunity is the fighting game community. Really? There is no way to even communicate with... And I mean, this has changed a little bit with like how Twitch works and stuff like that. Mm. But there is no way that you're just going to talk to a top Halo player. There's no way that you're just gonna hit hit him up for games and 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 play with play with a top Halo player. Hmm. That's wasn't a thing that happens. I mean, I don't know if the culture has changed because I haven't been involved in it in five years. But like all of the events that people actually watched and like paid attention to were invitationals, all of them. Hmm. All of the qualifiers and stuff to get into those invitationals were all like online nothing brackets that nobody really cared about to watch anyway. Yeah. So it's like you didn't get publicity until you were already at the top level in those games. Hmm. Um I 
paid attention to League of Legends esports for a little while. Same thing, right? Like, you have to cut your teeth so much in the underground before you have an opportunity to even play with top players. When I went to my first fighting game major, my first opponent, and I've told the story on this podcast before, my first opponent at my first major in my first tournament, well, it wasn't my first tournament, but my first non-local tournament was Sonic Fox. My, I remember you telling my, me that story. My round one, I was playing Dead or Alive 5 at Game Underground Tournament Spectacular 4 at Foxwoods. I was at Foxwoods? Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's um, it's GU. Right. It, with, um... Crap, I forgot his name. Sorry, Game Underground. I've been at the GU in a while. They're opening up again. Yeah, they are. Tournaments. Um, but yeah. And Guts 4, to my knowledge, was the final one. Right. But that was my first major. That was my first multi-day event that I booked a hotel room for, mm-hmm. etc. And my first tournament, my round one in Dead or Alive 5 last round, was against Sonic Fox. And that was unheard of to me. Like, I went to a tournament, I just signed up online, I paid my money, I drove there with my friends, and I sat down next to arguably the biggest fighting game celebrity that is alive. Yeah. Um, and that is such a unique thing to the fighting game. I'm bringing it back around. <laughs> that's such a unique thing to the fighting game community, and that's so important. That's so, so important that anybody can just run into anybody like, in the fighting game community. I, I, I went to Shine 2017, and on my old phone, I have I got, I got have a picture of Dan Fornacy, the guy who created the game, and Pew Pew Yu, a top melee player, playing rivals against each other on this laptop. <laughs> I, I know it's so <laughs> trivial, and, 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 you know, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter, but I, I just... But it does matter, because it's yeah. such a... It's such a bright moment in your community experience. Yeah. That, you know, the creator of this game that I love is playing the game that he made that I love on my laptop. I think he uses default controls, so I, I don't think his, his tag is saved in my game. But still, <laughs> but you know, still, like, you have the picture. I do have the picture. Um, but, you, like, you know. You don't get that outside of the fighting game community. Mm-hmm. And that's why open brackets where anybody can go and sign up is so important. Mm-hmm. And that's why the idea of giving top players this privilege to take spots away from, you know, less successful... I don't want to say less successful, because that's not that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Um, from less known, from less famous, less popular to- um, community members, y- you can't do it. No. You can't. Um, and one, one thing I really like about majors is that... The I don't view them as tournaments as much as I view them as conventions oh, that yeah. are running tournaments. Oh yeah, as that's... a side event. Um, and like there's so much more to do at a good major than just compete in bracket. Um, yeah, and and I I don't want to deprive people of that. Like a, a for, first of all, for, for the competitive side, I've said it before, and I'll say it again until the day I die. You don't get good to go to tournaments. You go to tournaments to get good. You don't get in shape to go to the gym. You go to the gym to, <laughs> to get, get in shape. shape. <laughs> um, it's, it's the same idea. Yeah, and like uh, going to a major, you know, if, if you you know play games and seek out new opponents, it's it's like stepping into a hyperbolic time chamber. Oh, Even if man. you do go on two, you can get so much better in such a short amount of time just by playing games with a lot of different people. I've gone... I, I picked up a new character at Shine that year. I've gone to five majors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds right. I've gone to five majors in my time, which is... Yeah, um, I've been playing fighting games for five years, so one per year on average yeah. is about is about right, I think. And, um, I have never come back from a major at the same level that I was at. I have always taken a massive step forward mm-hmm. just from going. And, like, I've never done better than two and two in bracket. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, like, like there are conventions. There are other things to do. There are people to meet. People to meet. A, a, few, a few years ago, I went to uh, Destiny, which was a Pokemon tournament major uh, in New Jersey, um, I could only go for Saturday, which was the main day of bracket, because I didn't have a room and didn't have a place to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I did have relatives I could stay with not at that short notice. Um, so I, I went down, I went 0-2, I got destroyed. Um, but I got to meet a lot of the community members, 
Um, I got some cool merch because there were artists selling prints there. Um, and the tournament organizer, uh, one of them, uh, Corgian, uh, he and I talk all the time online, and he's gonna. D- d- I commissioned him for a tattoo design. I probably would have never met him in any other context. Yeah, so, like, go to the... So, I know we said you go to tournaments to get good, and mm-hmm. that is true. Yes. Um, but also, if you don't have an interest in getting good, that's okay. Yeah. So, games are supposed to be fun, right? And for me, competing is fun. Mm-hmm. Getting better is fun. Playing against other people and, you know, trying to win is fun. For other people, that might not be as fun, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Like, whatever your version of fun in fighting games is, you can experience it at a major. Mm-hmm. And just the attitude that, you know, majors are for certain groups of players, that certain players matter more than anyone else. Yeah. And no. it's like, dude... Go step on a Lego. Dude, invitationals exist already. Yeah. Get, like, if you're a top player... You can get invited to an invitational, and that's where you get, you know, your your lights and cameras, and you get your top player privilege there, you know. Um, and uh, and I know someone is probably thinking, oh, like you know, top players, it's their job; they have to go and compete because that you know that that's how they make a living. <coughs> Nobody, nobody in the FGC lives off of prize money alone. Nobody. Nobody. All, all the top players pay professionally. It's sponsorship money. Sponsorship money, streams, streams, content creation, ad revenue. Yeah, ad revenue. It's like nobody is the, 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 winning the, enough tournaments to sustain themselves off of tournament money. No prize pool is big enough. It, it, I just uh, yes, it's their job, and yes, you know they are their own brand. But like, it's not for the prize money. It's, it's also, for streams. I'm gonna say it. I'm I'm gonna choose violence. But do it if it's your job. To go to tournaments, maybe you should register on time. <laughs> uh, That's just my thing. Like, if if you're a professional player and it's your job to go to tournaments, maybe you should be pretty good at at getting in into them, huh? Like, they're open. Reg- like, just register on time. Yeah. And I know that in this particular case, the the bracket filled up really fast. Mm-hmm. But like, that's because people, people, because that's what O twoers are. Yeah. People want to go to this event, and they were just faster than you. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's just how it goes. I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah. I mean, I want a PS5, but you know, you can't buy them yet because they're all out of stock. It's mm. it's one of those things that it's like, be ready for the next one. Yeah, seriously. Most tournament organizers will announce when their registration goes live. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that if that was the case with CEO. I believe it was. Um, but most of the time, you know ahead of time when registration is going to open, so you can be prepared to get yourself a spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, on a similar vein, I I, I want to rant for a bit because I saw this discussion prompt pop up on Twitter that just set me off in just the right way. I'm not going to say this person's name. Please leave them alone. <laughs> um, but the prompt was random thought. Has any O2er ever developed into a top-slash-notable player? Follow-up tweet. I know this can seem like satire, but for example, I didn't start out as an O2er. Uh, open parentheses, started competing after I had already been playing for years, close parentheses. So I definitely wouldn't claim that. But I'm always super glad to hear stories of improvement, though. I, um... Alright, what... What is the purpose of this prompt? What 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 kind of discussion are you trying to cultivate with it? I don't know. Like, what, like, what what message are you trying to send? Because re- regardless of what message you're trying to send by asking if any person who's gone zero and two consistently ever developed into a good player, the message that is being received is top players are simply built different. <laughs> if, if if you go zero and two on a regular basis, you are. Not built different, therefore you will never be a top slash notable player. I know I'm putting words in this person's mouth, but that's how I personally interpreted that prompt. So this person wants to know if anyone who regularly went O2. So here's the thing, right? He uses the term O2er. First of all, what does that actually mean? Um, because how consistently and for how long of a time do you need to go O and two to be considered an O2er? It's arbitrary, right? Because everyone's gone O2. Everyone. Well, I don't uh, care who you are. Apparently this person hasn't. Well. 
If you go to if 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 you go to tournaments consistently and you never go zero and two, you are playing in the wrong talent pool. <laughs> it's like yeah. you need to find stronger competition, I guess. Uh, but um, if you, where was I? Uh, okay, what is an O two er? Right. Yeah. This person's point in their follow up tweets was that. You know, I never went O2 because I didn't go to tournaments until I was good enough to win. Okay, well, to me, you were an O2er during that period of time where you were practicing. You just didn't go to tournaments to prove to yourself that you were an O2er. Right? Because, like, if we're defining an O2er as someone who goes O2, O2 in bracket consistently, that means that they're defined by their skill level, which, first of all, is bad. Yeah, we do no. not t- define people by their skill level. That is not a thing that we do ever. But I'm going to do it here. <laughs> Just for the sake of the argument. <laughs> um, and an O2er, for in, for most cases, an O2er is a beginner. Most O2ers are beginners. I think, mm-hmm. I'm, I think I'm pretty safe in, in saying that. Yeah. Um, they're new to the game, or for one reason or another, haven't gotten they've either they're either having difficulty improving or they just don't have an interest in improving both of those things are fine mm-hmm. um but if this person who claims he's never gone they've uh, i shouldn't say he they've never gone zero and two um who claims they've never gone zero and two would have gone to a tournament during that phase they probably would have because everyone is bad at things when they first start them yeah so you cannot tell me that no top player was started bad at the game because they did they had to Mm -hmm. that's how humanity works (laughs) you don't just magically pick up things and instantly be the best in the world at them you start somewhere and like even though there are like many people many top players in there's several top players in several different scenes replying to this person going yeah I went 0-2 0-2 for literally years before I got good. Like, I just... I, I, I don't know. I don't get it. And... Uh, so, I'm, I'm going to get very, very serious here for just a minute. Um, if, if you have this mindset, if, if you are someone who, you know, believes top players should get special treatment, uh, um, even just in registration, if, if you believe they're simply built different, that O2ers are, like, they matter less, like, I saw people actually saying this, like, they didn't matter as much as top players. I saw that, too. If you genuinely believe that, and you are a Smash player, I want you to look at me. Probably multitasking while you're doing this, which is fine, that's what we want, but I want you to stop what you're doing, turn your head to the screen, and look at me. Even if you're listening on audio only, look at the screen. <laughs> um, I want you to think back to last year. I want you to think about every detail that came to light, every story that was told, every thing about what about who did what to whom. Knowing what we don't know now, do you genuinely believe that it is a good idea to treat top players like they're this this these higher beings? Do you genuinely believe that it is healthy for the community to treat top players like they're better than everyone else. Do you think that would create an environment of accountability? Now, am I saying that all top players are secretly monsters in disguise? Of course not. There are a lot of top players who, by all accounts, are delightful human beings. But that's exactly what they are. They're human beings. Who just happen to be good at a video game. That, that is the only thing that separates them from you. They're really good at pressing buttons. And, and, and you know, a lot of them are, are entertainers in their own right because a lot of them stream. Streaming is a form of performance. Um, but th- they press buttons good. And that is where your relationship to them, relationship that is parasocial, I should add, that is where your relationship to them should begin and end. Yeah, I couldn't have said that better. Um, we cannot... And I mean... You you directed that at Smash players, but it was true in the FGC too. Was. There was a lot of stories of that kind of thing of people just lacking accountability and doing really heinous things that I don't want to specify because I don't want this video to become about that uh, because they felt better than other people that they were around because they pressed buttons good 
and they surround themselves with people who perpetuate that superiority complex. And we cannot, as a community, give that superiority complex more platform than it already has. It's it's literally our responsibility to make sure that people are held accountable for their actions. Mm. And apart from all of the other anti-community implications that top player privilege carries, that one is the most important. Because that is where people start threatening other people's safety at these events. And mm. if that happens, then we lose those events and no one gets to be a top player. Yeah. So yes, you know, like I said... Um, I'm not saying you should automatically be distrustful of them. If they're chill, they're chill. If they stop being chill, stop defending them. <laughs> Seriously. It's yeah. like... And I don't want to come across that I don't respect top players. Oh, yeah, no. Um, I, 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 there, there are a lot of top players that I think are pretty cool, but I don't know them. Right. I am, by all accounts, I consider myself a competitive player. Hmm. I My goal in fighting games is to improve myself, go to tournaments... And ultimately compete in them. My goal overall is to win tournaments. Right. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> I mean, I've won some locals or whatever, but yeah, I haven't. I haven't done a notable. I haven't had a notable victory yet. But I consider myself a competitive player because my primary objective in fighting games is to compete. So these top players are people that I go to for advice about the video game. About the video game and, and about. The, the nature of competing. Right. So I consume their content for that, right? To right. help me get better at the video game. What I don't do is treat them like some sort of celebrity. I don't assume that they're better than me as a human being just because they're better than me at the game. Hmm. And I don't try to create some sort of parasocial relationship with them where I feel like we should be friends just because I watched your video. Yeah. But I, I feel like that's a completely different topic. Yeah, we yeah, um, that's I could talk I could do a whole nother podcast episode on content creation and parasocial <sighs> relationships. You wouldn't be you wouldn't, you wouldn't be the first. Oh man. And Yeah, I mean I don't really know what more I can say other than top player privilege. So I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> close it with this. Yeah. Top players have earned their position. Mm -hmm. I know that, I understand that, and I respect that. You know, they've put in the work to be better than the majority of everyone else at tournaments, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they've, they've done that, and I respect that. So they've earned something. Yeah. They've earned respect. They've earned their victories. They've earned, you know, their stream viewers. They've earned their trophies. They've earned their prestige as players of this game. Yes. Um, and there are tournaments that exist that are for them. Invitationals. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff like Street Fighter League. Like, th those aren't open brackets for the community. Those are closed in invitational tournaments that the people who host them seek out top players and invite them to come to this tournament and play for prize money, advertising, whatever the goals might be. It's usually mm -hmm. prize money. Um, and that's great. I love watching Invitationals because it's really... It's all high-level gameplay. There's no, like, pool stage where you're watching people who are at the same level or maybe even worse than you. Yeah. And in general, it's more palatable... I think. Because mm. watching pools is a grind, man. There's like four hours of pools. There's a lot of pools swim through. Full, full of names that you don't know, yeah. right? And some people find it more entertaining when there's top players on the screen. So invitationals provide that content where it's only top players on the screen. Yeah, but that that's a space that's specifically for top players. Open brackets are for everybody. Open brackets are for the community. And the community includes everyone. Top players to O2ers to people who don't even want to enter the tournaments. They just want to go to hang out with their friends and press buttons yeah or maybe buy some art or do do any of the other things do that any of the other things majors um open bracket majors are for the community if you are a member of the community which if you're watching this podcast you probably are hello <laughs> you belong at majors and if you don't think you're good enough yes you are go to have fun 
do that. Yeah, you're probably you, going to get bodied at your, at your first major anyway, and that's awesome. That's great. <laughs> Ma- open bracket major... To- open registration. I should say open registration. Yes. Open registration major tournaments are for you. They were built by people like you to create a space for all of us to enjoy fighting games. Mm-hmm. Nobody belongs there more than you. Mm-hmm. If you. If you have the means and the opportunity to go... Um, Go. And don't let anyone bully you out of it. No. Make some friends. We, we ended it on, up, on, on an uplifting note. Good, uh, good job, us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all I had for the day. Yeah, that, that's, that sounds like a good spot to... Kind of a slow news week. For tonight. Uh, but my name is Saximus. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at 5 Aximus. Because um, Saximus was taken. Uh, my name is Ghoul. You can follow me on Twitter, at xghoul with a zero. Because Ghoul was taken, you can follow the podcast on at Charge Motion because Charge Motion was not taken. Um, and what also was not taken was Twitch.tv slash Saximus, uh, which I'm going to plug here briefly uh, because it's summer, which means I'm going to be live streaming my run through of the Final Fantasy V Four Job Fiesta, which is a yearly fundraiser that the Final Fantasy V community likes to do uh, to raise money for charity. Uh, it's not fighting game related, but uh, I figured I'd plug my stream my uh, stream here. I also have a personal stream. Um, I'm not doing stuff for charity because I'm a loser. Um, <laughs> but you can follow my Twitch at twitch.tv slash xghoul97 uh, because ghoul was taken. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow my personal stream there. Uh, I stream a lot of fighting games. Maybe some like Dark Souls stuff. Whatever. I like Dark Souls. Um, but I primarily stream fighting games. Um, but definitely check out uh, the Final Fantasy V run, because that's going to be a lot of fun. Final Fantasy is awesome, and Sax is a cool dude. Thank you. Um, that's all I had. We're, Same here. We're finally done. All right. <laughs> good fight, good night. Pl- play play video games. Play Skullgirls. Play Skullgirls. <laughs> How did we go an entire episode without mentioning Skullgirls once? <laughs>